Remember, for it to be a forward pass, it's got to go forward. Kaepernick, end jump, Crabtree, broken up, picked off! This game is over! Well, I'm the best corner in the game! When you try me with a sorry receiver like Crabtree, that's the result you're gonna get! Don't you ever talk about me! L.O.B. He wants to get in the fight, you can't do that! The quarterback, you can't fight! All right, the Detroit Lions running back, Joy Bell, is with us. You're very welcome to Dublin, Joy. Thanks very much for joining us. Oh, thanks for having me. Um, you've got an amazing story. Mm-hmm. One of the reasons why people fall in love with sport is because people like you exist. Where you have a story where you didn't say, no, you didn't say, I'm going to quit. You didn't say, oh, this is really difficult. The road ahead of me is long, and I'm going to take it easy. Right. And that's a pretty amazing thing. And I wonder if you ever now stop and realize... This is actually pretty amazing. Do you celebrate that on a fairly regular basis, or do you allow yourself to think like that at all? No, I don't think like that at all. Um, I think I did at first, and um, it kind of went away because um, I, I'm living my dream, but I haven't accomplished my dream yet. My dream is to bring home that Lombardi back to Michigan. Uh, and for people who don't know what the Lombardi is, it's the championship trophy uh, for the NFL. And we've never won it as far as the Super Bowl. So um, that's my dream. We better bring that back to the Detroit. Again, like, uh, there's so, you know, there's 53 on every active roster and the mm-hmm. 32 teams. So everybody probably feels that they're doing something along the way. But mm-hmm. I wonder if you've actually got a much more developed sense of mission about that because you're from the States, because you grew up there. And, and again, because of the journey that it took for you to get to the point you're going to. Yeah. Um for instance, just the way we train, um, you know, becoming a pro. And I never really knew what that meant when I first got into the NFL, being a pro. And I would always hear coaches say it. Um, our trainers would say it, be a pro. And the more you play and the more you become a vet in this league, the more you understand that phrase, be a vet, learning your body, knowing how to train, knowing when to train and when not to train, knowing when to sleep, knowing when to rest learning to make sacrifices on certain nights you might wanna you might wanna go out but you need to get your rest. Um making sacrifices as far as, you know, with your body, you know, pushing yourself to the limits and knowing when to back off. And it's a science. It's a science. And I think it's a science in every sport on how you work out your body. It's um it's a willingness to continue evolving and learning as a as a person and as a player. That's, I think, what you're talking about. Definitely. Uh, I think you learn more and more about yourself um, the more you push yourself and the harder the task. And so I really think that's a, it's a fine line between um, less is more. It's a fine line between less and more, and, and sometimes more can be less. You didn't go away, though, when you could have gone away at several points in your career. You, yeah. did, you didn't go away when you ended up in a second division school. You didn't go away when you got cut a couple of times early on in your career as well. I wonder, is that why now at 28 you still feel like I have stuff to learn and I can continue to improve? Yeah. When you get to a point in your career when you think you you know everything, that's kind of the point where um, somebody can come up behind you and pass you up and you can lose your job. So 
every year I'm looking for new ways to reinvent myself, if it, even if it's in my training or the way I study. Um, I'm always trying to learn more ways to better myself. So like this offseason, is there anything in particular you're doing? Um, it's one thing that I do this offseason. I, I do a lot of MMA, um, a lot of MMA fighting work, uh, well, training well, with my trainers in um, Hollywood. Uh, I leave the state of Michigan. I go out to California away from a lot of distractions where I can just focus on training and um, developing my body to be at the top of his game when the season bring, rolls around. Is this jiu-jitsu, that kind of stuff, that aspect of MMA, or is it? Uh, no, it's more so like hands-on, everything from boxing uh, and the training from um, punching bags to kicks to high knees on um, on different bags, on so burning out with punching and um, different um, new stretches, stretches that you probably won't do. And um, I go out there and I just do different things, um, different machines there that we might not have in Michigan that I can do out there. And these are the things that I can go out there and I can develop and I can better myself out there and I can come back and I can help out my team more. Yeah, because I think that probably people outside the sport think, oh, it's a 16-week season and then whatever happens in the off season, And then you guys, you know, you're on holidays for a long period of time. but. Mm-hmm. No, we probably have about eight months a year of straight football and then probably four months off. So it's a long season. So, And depending on where your playoffs are, your, I mean, so if you make it to the Super Bowl, you might only have three months off during the year. It just depends. I mean, football is a long grind because they look at the 16-week season, but they don't look at the four preseason games or if you go make it to the playoffs and you might have to play four games in the playoffs. So that 16 games turns into 24. Yeah. You know, and um, I think a lot of people don't really notice that or see that, but it's taxing. Yeah. How taxing on the body is it? How, like, so at the end of at the end of the last playoff game against Dallas, your body, how was it? You have to be, uh, feel like you've been in a train wreck. So you have to train your body for as if it's going to be in a train wreck. Um, you, by probably mid-season, you're very sore. I mean, times where you're... It might be times where you just, oh, I'm just not going to go to work. I'm going to call in sick. You know, there's no calling in sick. <laughs> there's no, you got to roll out the bed and you have to go and you have to, and that's what the phrase be a pro comes in. Does everything hurt? Is it like, you know, I can't tell which part is sore today because everything is sore? No. Uh, I mean, you know it's sore. You feel it. <laughs> there's none of that. You know it's sore. But that's where the ice tub comes in at the ice tub, uh, before practice, hot tub, make sure you're stretching. And then let acid out of your legs, um, stay active. Um, day after the game, you don't want to come in and you don't want to run because you want to relax after a long game. But you have to come in, you have to run and get that electric acid out of your legs and, you know, go and get a workout in and be a pro. Even if it's soft tissue work, stretching, um, going to get massages, a sports massage, whatever you got to do. You have to, whatever it takes for you to be at, uh, to be at top level, you got to do it. So you're a running back, right? And in the middle of a game, there are a certain number of plays where you're going to get an opportunity and you need to be at your physical ability to, to hit the open spot whenever there's an open spot there. But mentally, you have to be ready at the drop of a hat. The the opposition fumbles the ball and suddenly you guys have it and they're coming to you and they're saying, OK, you're going in and we're running this play where you have to carry it. How do you how do you 
Uh, well, you have to be ready for chance of possession. That's what you referred to. Yeah, it's got a, just a quick chance of possession. Um, but you've got to switch off at some point. Switch off four hours. How do you get back up then for that instance? Or do you stay on for those whole oh, you four stay hours? On. Uh, you stay on for as long as the game. I mean, once that game strikes, so 14 minutes and 59 seconds, I mean, the clock is running. And from the time the clock is running to it hits zero 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 in the fourth quarter or in overtime or whenever until the game's over, you have to stay tuned in the entire game. And so it's time we come to the sideline and we're going over adjustments in the game that we need to make. And in the middle of making those adjustments, our defense got an interception, they got a turnover, and we have to be ready to run back out there and just and just adjust while we're out there. And that was what's so great about this game. Also, in the middle of a play, a gap opens up that you know isn't necessarily where the the play was designed to open up the gap. Yeah, you've got to be cool enough to go. Oh. I see that gap, and I can get through it, and I'm going to do it. Yeah, so you can't be a robot. You can't look at a piece of paper and say, well, the paper tells me to go right here, so I'm going to go right here. That's what uh, we call being a football player. Um, you know, when you're a running back, um, it's, it's based all off of instincts. And um, it's usually a play that's designed to go somewhere. It might not ever, might not ever go <laughs> that way, but you have your reads. You have your reads, and you make your read. And your read tells you to go outside, you go inside. Your read tells you to go outside, you go outside. But that's where the studying comes in that. That's where the game planning comes in that. And being a pro and knowing your opponents and knowing what they do comes in. When did you get good at that, though? Because you rushed for over 2,000 yards in your final season in college. It was something that I just you know, sometimes um, I knew I wanted to play a running back. Coming out of high school, um, I didn't get recruited highly because I was never just a, just a full-time running back. Um, freshman year in high school, fullback. Sophomore year, I was the quarterback. Junior year, I was running back but got hurt so couldn't play too often, too much. And then the senior year, our quarterback transferred right before the season so we didn't have a quarterback. So I had to go from running back to quarterback. And I played some games at running back. And I will switch off and on so I didn't have really enough film. Uh, luckily, we, I met Wayne State at a football camp and they knew I wasn't running back. I got recruited to play defensive back at big schools, but I knew I wasn't running back, and I believed in myself. So I went to Wayne State. So you turned down a big school as yeah, a Yeah, I got recruited by a couple of D1 schools, and but they didn't want me for running back. And so I ended up just saying, you know what? I know I'm a running back. I'm going to go here. That's 10 years ago, right? Cause, 10 yeah, years ago. Yeah. yeah. That's a life-changing decision right there because, you, you know, you could have could you have made it as a defensive back in the NFL, do you think? I think so, yeah. I never played it before, but if I would have went to college for it, I would have got great at it. Yeah. And yet now you're the starting running back on the Detroit Lions. So it's obviously like I've decided I want to do this. I'm going to do it. Mm-hmm. Nothing's going to stop me. Nothing. Um, like you said, that was just me saying, saying no, this is what I am. And I proved it. I knew it to myself what I was. I just had to prove it to them. Because I don't know if everybody understands who's listening that at a Division Two college, there are so many Division One colleges. That's where all the recruiters spend their time because it's almost like there's a hierarchy of. There's already been scouts scouting the high school kids. They come through to Division One. They get access to the best coaching. There's the most money mm-hmm. going into those programs. So it's very very difficult for somebody to make it from Division Two. Yeah, um, uh, extremely hard. It's extremely difficult to make that happen. Um, but at the same time, it's, uh, it's realistic for a player from Division Two to go into the NFL. 
a lot of great players. So we have like Walter Payton went to a Division two school. He's pretty good. Yeah, pretty good. You know, and um, I think his school now is um, actually a D one double A school, but but when he played was the Division two, and he's pretty good running back. And you know, I'm just happy to be to have this opportunity to come out here and you know play at so you know Soldier Field where Chicago played or play for Detroit Lions where Barry Sanders played and and now I'm a starting running back for a team that I watched growing up. If I ask you now, you're probably going to say no, but at some point all humans have doubts about what they're doing generally and maybe in retrospect we we minimize those and say, you know, it's okay, I never really had serious doubts, but at some point in the middle of your time in a division 2 school, were you thinking Maybe this isn't going to happen for me. Maybe I'm not going to make it. No, it was funny. Um, my mom asked me, um, "What are you What are you going to do when you graduate college?" So I'm going to go to NFL. But what What happened if you don't go to NFL? I said, "No, I'm going." But what happened if you don't? I said, "Mom, I'm going." She said, "Well, how do you know?" I said, "I just know." She said, "All right, all right," and then she just put her trust in me, and you know. Um, I wrote it down on a paper and I looked at it and you know that was something that I wanted to achieve. I was sitting down when I worked security for the Lions my before my first year and I was sitting outside the practice facility and I would see scouts leave in, come in and you know, the whole time I was working there. And so on my last day I saw a scout coming in and I was about to get off my shift and it was gonna be my last day before my first season. So I pull him to the side. I look him in his eyes. I say, excuse me, sir, can I ask you a question? He said, yeah, go ahead. I said, you think a player from Division Two, I mean, from Wayne State, from a Division Two, can make it to the NFL? He said, he looked me right in my eyes and said, listen, son, if you have talent, they'll find you. And they found me. They found me. Um, I didn't, I don't think I got the recognition I deserved coming out uh, with the numbers I had. But, you know, it made me more hungry. Yeah, I'm glad. I mean, I worked for everything I had. Nobody, no one can say uh, he's only here because he got drafted. And nobody, he's he's here because you know they don't want to waste his money and they're too prideful to let him let him go. I know I had to scratch and claw my way to the top. I've been a team, the team, the team, um, working my way up to the top, and you know now I finally can say I, I, I have an opportunity to be a starter on on a franchise that I grew up watching. So, Pretty amazing. Yeah. The, when you're bouncing around from team to team to team, you're at the Eagles twice, you're at the Saints. Uh, Bills, Colts. Yeah. Yeah. At, in the middle of that, are you thinking, come on, this is like this is, this is nonsense. I should be starting. Or do you have some doubts? No. I don't say I should be starting. I should, I should be playing. Um, you know, you go around the team to team to team, you see the running backs in front of you, and you know, they're playing, and you're on the sideline. You know, I'm like, I know I can go out there. You can and tell play. us. You can tell us what you think. Uh, no, I'm, <laughs> it's a, I know I can go out there and play. Yeah, that's all. I just wait my time. And this football is literally like my career is kind of like my run game. I had to be patient. Marshawn Lynch is on one of those teams with you as well, and he only gets great when he ends up going to Seattle. So there are there are plenty of. I mean, he was good in Buffalo, pro bowler in Buffalo. There are there are plenty of examples of players who maybe find the right environment. Is maybe Detroit's the right environment? Yeah, it's been the right environment for me. 
I should have been there straight out the draft, but hey, things happen. But they made the right choice and got me over there. Yeah, yeah. Um, obviously, as a running back, you kind of you're not the only running back on the books. You, you had a brilliant season where yourself and Reggie Bush, I think, are the first partnership to both make over 500 yards in a season. Yeah, rushing and receiving the same season. Yeah. Now, Reggie obviously is very highly recruited the second pick in his draft. There's all the Heisman controversy. It's kind of the complete opposite of your journey to the NFL. I mean, I, I, it's funny because um, we have similar accolades, but um, just different different um, journeys. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, one thing I learned about Reggie, man, Reggie has a tremendous work ethic. And we we um, we competed against each other every day. Reggie used to go with Kim Kardashian? You said what? <laughs> Didn't he go out with Kim Kardashian? Yeah, did Reggie? he? Yeah. I got to call and ask him. I don't, really, I don't know. I got to. I know. He, I know he's married to um, his lovely wife, Lily, right now. Hey, and who just had a baby? Just had a baby boy. Hey, Reggie, how's my grandson doing? Tell me, you're obviously friends with Reggie. Yeah, but you do compete against him every day. Every day. It's a strange environment where you you both want to start. You both believe that you're the best person to be the starter, and you have to be teammates too. It's mm-hmm. a. It's. it's Pretty unique because obviously the quarterback's the quarterback and his backup is his backup. The starting tight end is going to be the guy who receives the most catches and sometimes asked to to block. But the running backs, they had to go out of each other's throats all season and be ready and also somehow have a camaraderie. Um, you know, at the same time, me me and Reggie are two different type of backs. I'm 230 pounds, Reggie's 200 pounds, 205. Um, they're not going to use me the same way they use Reggie. They're not going to use... Reggie the same way they used me. Um, he was great at what he did. I was great at what I did. Um, with that being said, Reggie could do every play that was designed for me. He, Reggie could do it. Every play that was designed for Reggie, they could put me out there. I can do it. And we'll get the same the same success rate. And so they draft somebody high in the draft this year. Are you automatically thinking, well, I'm going to have to make sure that this guy knows that this is my job and you know he's going to have to fight me for it? No, 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 no. Um, this is a young guy. He's coming in. He wants to learn. He wants to play. He wants to help. There's never a point where you come in and say, this is my job. You, know, you got to take it from me. Um, he has to come in. He has to learn to play, but he has to help this team. And he's done just that. He, he's came in. He's He goes to sleep in that playbook. He doesn't like doing anything except going over the playbook. He asks me questions, and I'm kind of like the mentor in the room. So you, and you feel that's a role that you're ready to play at this point in your career? Yeah, definitely, definitely. Because you have to be generous a little bit to somebody who ultimately, as you said earlier, is, is trying to take your job, essentially. So mm-hmm. it, again, that role of being a vet, that's what it means to be a, a vet now. Yeah, that's right. You'd have to – no, no, the game is bigger. The game is bigger than me. And when I'm done playing, the game is going to go on. I want to make sure he's well prepared to take over once I'm done. Can I ask you about the end of last season? Because um, I won't be done for quite some time. <laughs> are you not? No, that's the plan. You want to like it? It sounds like somebody who's doing MMA in the off season is, is preparing his body for as long a career as possible. Yeah. Running backs can be it can be difficult over the age of thirty. Um, years, I you, mean, uh, I mean the uh, the success. Well, the average career uh, for a running back, as far as time length, is. For a running back, it's like 2.8 years. That's like the average career for a running back. I tripled that already. So I'm going on six. Well, almost about to triple it. And um, the career of just an NFL player in general used to be 3.3. I think it might have dropped to 3.1. Mm. And so It's hard. What so you do hard. is hard. Yeah, it's very hard. 
extremely hard. And um, it's harder you know, once you get here because you have to maintain it. You have to maintain um, your ability to go out there and make plays. And that's um, that's where players might fall off because once they make it, they might feel like they made it and feel like they might not have to work out as hard as they need to. Yeah, that's but, why yeah. I was so interested in talking to you about your, your background and your upbringing because it seems like to me that you're never going to take that for granted. That- no, okay, man. Not seeing what my... Well, my mother went through to make sure food was on the table for me and my sister. And seeing her going to work in the morning, 5 in the morning, get home at 10 at night, veins popping out of her leg from standing on her feet all day. I mean, but whenever I get tired, I just think about that. But you had to work when you were in college, right? I mean, I worked there. I had two jobs in college. I worked for the Alliance Security. Then I also worked for our my campus security. I was a student cadet. I was a criminal justice major. And uh, they had a program at my school that, say for instance, I didn't, say for instance, I didn't graduate. I, mean, I didn't go to the NFL. Once I graduated, um, I would have had a, I would have had a job working for our school police, and they would have paid for me to go to my master's program. Okay. And so that was my backup plan if I didn't make it. And so, um, so you think it was a grind? Yeah, but you got there. Got there. It was a grind. My senior year came around. Um, I crammed. I actually, I stopped working in the summertime that year. I crammed up with classes. I focused strictly on football. Um, I stopped working for the line security my senior year, also for my campus security. Season came around. It was strictly football. Crammed and strictly football in the classes. Uh, finished all my classes by December. I had to go back to school the second semester, so I left and went out to California in the Bay Area. I trained for three months there to prepare myself for the senior bowl, which I ended up going to. I was the only D2 player there, uh, prepared for the combine, then also was there preparing for my pro day. So this is destiny, really. You've you've worked for this. Yeah. You're also part of one of the most exciting arrays of offensive talent that the NFL has at the moment. So I guess going to work is kind of exciting. Yeah, yeah. Definitely. It's fun going to work, especially when you know you have weapons like Calvin Johnson, Matthew Stafford, you have Golden Tate, um, you have Eric Ebron, um, Pettigrew, Joe Fourier, have a beefed-up O-line now. Yeah, you're very reliant on the O-line as a running back. I mean, okay, so obviously, you know, you, you can do hey, you got to take care. You got to take care of your O-line, period. You got to take care of your O-line every Saturday before a home game, bring them in breakfast at the facility, yeah. I walk through, we eat good. Um, we come out to London last year. We brought, the, brought everybody out, whole O line out, took them out to eat, including the tight ends. That's expensive, I'd say. Yeah, yeah. me and Reggie <laughs> split the bill, especially in London. Everything's expensive in London. How much was it? Can you tell us? Huh? It was a couple. It was a few grand. Was, <laughs> Those was, guys eat a lot of food. Uh, it was a few grand. Yeah, but it was it was a lot. <laughs> uh, Dominic and Sue, he one of the best players in the league. Mm-hmm. He left the Lions, like. Is there anything they could have done, the team could have done? When you see somebody that, like one of the best defensive players in the league, just walk away, it's got to hurt you. I mean, at the same time, we wanted we wanted um, Sue here so bad. But, um, I mean, they, it was a hard to let him go. Um, it was a business decision. Uh, if we would have signed him for what he wanted to sign for, it probably would have crippled us in the free agency. And, and also, and, you know, we were trying to build a team, and we wanted to keep Sue here. And, you know, Sue's a great player, but 
you know, he had to make a business decision for him, him and his family, and I respect it. Yeah. And, um, but, you know, at the end of the day, one person doesn't win a championship. You talk about winning the championship, right? And you talked about the Lombardi at the start of this. And we were just talking before you guys came in about the crazy end of last season. So there's an incredibly controversial decision at the very end of your game against the Cowboys, which really you guys should have won. The Cowboys in their next game are the victims of an incredible injustice at the end of their game against the Packers. The Packers completely dominate the game against Seattle and really should have won, but for that crazy fourth down uh, bootleg from Russell Wilson and then the pass and then... Load of stuff happens in that game, and then in the in the Super Bowl, Seattle end up losing because they don't give the ball to Marshawn Lynch on the one yard line. So it might sound ridiculous, but there's a sequence of things there where you can go. No, I never, I never put all that together. I never just, I never said that put all that together because all the talk has ever been is just that call against the Cowboys, and you know, I don't, it is what it is. But you're not that far away, really. Like you can at least go. We had an eleven and five season last year. And the level of us and the Cowboys and the Packers and Seattle and the Super Bowl winners, it's like so there's a little difference maybe, but not that much difference. It's football. They, they've all evened themselves out properly. Mm-hmm. It really has. I have to agree with you on that. So a level of confidence heading into a season like this, do you take something from – do you hold do you hold it, the hurt from the decision? <laughs> no, 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 no. Or do no, you no. let it go? No, you let, you let that you, – you know, you let that go as far as, as, far as hurt. I won't say it's hurt. But we used the momentum that we had going coming out of last season. We used that momentum going going into this season. I mean, at the end of the day, we finished the season eleven and five, and um, we we just want to take that and take that with us when we go into the um, this regular season. Yeah. So you'll be back with the Lombardi Trophy next time in this part of the world. <laughs> next time I come back, that's that's the plan. So you guys are here, Kansas City, coming in London. Yeah, in London. Yeah. Yeah, November third, I believe. Hopefully we'll be there. Joy. There's no hopefully to it. You guys will be there. <laughs> it's been a privilege spending time in your company, man. Thanks for hey, having me. Hey, man, thanks for having me.